This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity is turning lead to acid? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everyone. I'm Chris. Salutations. I'm Jesse. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Yeah. I like it. So today, Chris, what are we going to be talking about? Talk about glaciers. It's uh, you know, it's it's winter time, and uh, you guys just got hit with a pretty pretty gnarly snowstorm, and uh, I think it's uh, it's it's kind of fitting. And plus, our last topic we did we did a trilogy on coal, so I think if if we did another coal episode, people start like trying to strangle us. Yes. So you know, we talked about you know coal con- uh, contributes to climate change oh. and the warming of the climate, and let's talk. Let's go the opposite way. Let's let's cool things down a little bit. Well, you know? coal. The formation of coal leads oh. to ice ages. Pulling all the carbon out of Pulling the atmosphere. all the carbon, and then you bury it so it doesn't get put back up. So, All right. And that's all we're going to talk about with coal today. We're done with coal. Actually, I don't even want to talk about any more coal. <laughs> so many more things. I, there was like eight things. I was like, ah, I forgot to mention that and that and that. Oh, man. But well, I'll, I'll save it. I'll just mention it to myself when I brush my teeth tonight. Well, if, if we get enough people to go to patreon.com and become Patreon members, maybe we can quit our full-time jobs and then just record ourselves all day, every day, mm. talking about I think essentially the tabs that are open on Jesse's phone. Yeah, I think, I'll, I'll do two hours daily called the Cole Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop saying the word Cole. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Cole is the new uh, outer space. I'm not gonna be allowed to talk about it ever again. <laughs> oh no, but we do have a chilling new episode on glaciers. This is our episode 80. 80. So, yeah. 80. Believe it. So if you like this and you know it's uh what is it? Tell a loved one February, right? Um please check us out at www.geologyflannelcast.com and you can check out all of our old episodes. Um I would start with the newest and go backwards. Some of our older ones, you know, we were, were figuring it out. You know, we it's, were, we were it's kids. A, it's a learning process. You know, exactly. We were kids with zero budget. Now we're adults with slightly less than zero budget. Yeah. <laughs> slightly more than zero budget. I, should say. I would even argue that we're even adults. So but that's... <laughs> that, that too could be uh, argued. Yes. <clears throat> well, um, but yeah. So glaciers, right? Glaciers. Just uh, big snow drifts, right? From when they plow 95? Is that what it is? Something like that. Well, so, you know, you got you to gotta do some work before you can get to a glacier, right? So the definition of a glacier is it's a body of moving ice. A lot of people don't realize that glaciers are, are, are moving and gravity's kind of just pulling them downhill. They don't move fast. You're not going to, you know, it's not like you can see this thing like flying down the the hillside picturing jesse running on a glacier like a treadmill it's like constantly moving under his feet that's that's (laughs) about the speed i run (laughs) (laughs) it would keep up (laughs) all right uh (laughs) so the body of ice it's it's a it's a moving body of ice because it's flowing downhill very it moves very slowly um 
it's uh, been formed on land by compaction and the recrystallization of snow. So we got we to gotta do some stuff to, to kind of change the snow. And uh, we kind glacial ice is uh, you kind of metamorphose the snow or it goes through the process of this. You accumulate the snow and you and you, you, you it goes through the process of snow metamorphism. Um, so you basically but, squish it. Basically, you squeeze the crap out of this thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, but first, you need the right climate. Right now, you're probably not going to get glaciers forming on the equator anywhere, unless you're at like really, really high altitude somewhere. But um, it needs to be cold, right? And the trick is you want to have more snow accumulation than you have melt every year, right? Now, this isn't saying that you can't, it's just, it's just snow piling on top of snow and piling on top of snow. Like it, you can get lots of snow building up in the winter and then the summertime. The trick is you just don't have as much melt as you had snow accumulation. And over time, your the snow fields start growing and growing and growing, and that will put you on track to become a glacier. So this is known as the mass balance, or also known as your glacial budget. Ooh, I like it. You know, Fiscal terms. Kind of like if you're an accountant, you know about your debits and credits. Well, the glacial budget is all about uh, gains and losses of snow. Yeah, or the so, Gazinda and Gozada. There you go. That's 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 very South Philly of you, right there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, I guess we should move into. So we're making this glacier. Let's move into. Let's talk about accumulation, right? So the, the climate's a little bit colder. Your summers will, are, are colder. You're not getting. You're not. You're not melting all of your your winter snow. Um, and so you're accumulating snow. You're you're, you're adding snow, ice and snow to form this glacier. So it could be. Uh, you can get snow from just snowfalls. Um, you know, uh, water freezing on the surface. Uh, avalanches coming in. It doesn't matter. You're just accumulating snow. All right. So that starts to happen. And then we should also talk about the process of ablation. You guys ever heard of this word, ablation? Yeah, it's when you shoot lasers at stuff. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it in a little bit of a, a <laughs> different context. Yeah, yeah, it's a process of removing something. Yeah. So yes. you can yeah. uh, ablate something with a laser. You can just, you know, I guess ablate snow with the sun. Yeah. So ablation, ablation is the process of removing snow and ice. And so this happens through melting, right? It's really easy to, to melt snow. Um, evaporation, wind erosion, sublimation. We'll get into the term sublimation in a, in a second. We're getting yeah, some, some really, really big words here. Um, and calving. Calving is kind of when you're... When Which is when you have a baby cow. Yes. Yeah. The, or it's when your the glacier starts breaking off. Oh, sorry. I was way off. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happens. Um, well, sublimation, we'll talk about this. We'll get more in, in depth in it, but the term sublimation is when a solid transforms directly into a gas and it totally skips the liquid phase. That's my favorite phase transformation. It really uh, is. Just by the what's, way. What's your second favorite phase transformation? Freezing. <laughs> right come on like that's a no-brainer yeah. um but all right so sublimation let me explain it this way uh have you ever 
had an ice cube tray, you know, uh, like an automatic ice maker in your freezer, right? And uh-huh. you're, you go in to grab an ice cube and some of the ice cubes are smaller than the other ones. Well, they all came out of the same ice cube size tray. How are these ones smaller? Because they actually sublimate it. There's not like a pool of water at the bottom of your freezer. They actually evaporated off and went from that solid phase to the gas phase in your freezer. So if you ever open your freezer and you get a little like mist or, you know, fog that comes out of your freezer, that's actually your ice cubes sublimating. And that's why you get different size ice cubes. Those ice cubes went from, you know, yay big to yay big based on sublimation. Crazy, crazy. Just I like uh, I like that. I assume metric measurement of yay big to yay yeah. Big. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's <laughs> a standard SI unit. <laughs> System de international. <laughs> so all right. So accumulation and ablation. Accumulation, we're gaining the snow and ice, and uh, ablation, where we're removing uh, the snow and ice. All right. So on. Let's just. For the for the purpose of this of this example, let's kind of talk about alpine glaciers. We're on a mountain, a nice, beautiful mountain. Your higher elevations on the mountain are going to tend to receive more accumulation and less ablation. And then vice versa. The lower elevations are going to tend to have more ablation and less accumulation. And then the two areas, they kind of uh, they kind of trend into each other until you hit what's known as the equilibrium line. And this is where your accumulation equals ablation. So that's kind of just the kind of general general idea. So we're gaining we're gaining snow and ice in higher elevations, and we're losing it in lower elevations. And then somewhere in the middle, there's an area where it's like a net zero change. So we got to make this snow into ice. So snow has a density of about 0. 0.05 to 0. 0.07 grams per cubic centimeter. So we got to make that a little bit more dense, all right? Not a little bit more dense, way more dense. This snow is just too fluffy, all right? <laughs> we need to make this into, into dense ice. So what happens is over time, as snow starts building, it starts it's, uh, collecting and it starts building up and building up and building up. After about a year, your snow starts to become granular and it increases in density, and we call this fern. So it's, it's like these little snow granules. All right. So that's now we're getting closer to, to getting it to turn to ice. Now, fern has a density that's a lot more than snow. Fern has a dense. We said snow was between 0.05 and 0.07 grams per cubic centimeter. Mm-hmm. Fern's going to be 0.41 to 0.8 grams per cubic centimeter. So much, much, much denser um but so what ends up happening is your fern like the stuff is denser than snow right it's kind of like in the middle between snow and ice but it's still permeable right and water can still percolate through so this isn't like the the glacier ice that that we're looking for that that you know you see in the mountains it's like you know super majestic we got to get rid of this pore space still okay we need to make this thing like solid solid ice so what we do to, to, to transform the snow into ice, we take uh, the process of sublimation has, it starts to occur, right? And like, like Steve explained, your, your solid is transforming from gas or from gas right to a solid. 
Oh, I'm I, the totally backwards. <laughs> <laughs> from solid right to a gas. For, for, thank you. Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. From solid to a gas. Thank you. Totally skips the uh, the liquid phase. And so what happens is then that uh, that water vapor condenses and it refreezes. All right. And um, and when it condenses, you can set that water may uh, may start to percolate down. And basically what's going to end up happening is this is going to start clogging up your pore space. All right. And this this process of sublimation is going to lead to more compaction. And that will eventually get you to the glacier ice density that we're looking for. Right. Like your true your true like the true glacier ice, which has a density of about from about 0.85 to 0.9 grams per cubic centimeter. And so there you go. That's, that's the process of how you need to get, uh, of that's kind of like a, a quick process, um, a quick explanation on what we need to do to get this snow to turn into, into glacier ice. So now with the glaciers, we got two types, all right? There's valley glaciers and there's ice sheets. So valley glaciers are like the stuff that you see in the mountains. Um, these are like these are like your your alpine glaciers. There are these long glaciers and there's long and narrow glaciers, and they're going to be confined into confined by valley walls in in your alpine environment. Now keep in mind, all this stuff, like I, like I had mentioned earlier, is is moving downhill. Yeah, just flowing downhill, just slow, like yeah, molasses. It's, it's interesting you you call them valley glaciers <laughs> because I call them mountain glaciers. Oh, well, they're also al- alpine glaciers. I yeah. call them alpine glaciers. You know, al who? Alpine. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> lives in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> skis. He, gro- he grows a lot of ferns. I don't know. <laughs> Where's I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this is all I bring. This is it. This is good. This is good. Um, so there's there's your valley glaciers or you know stuff in your in your alpine environment, and then there's ice sheets. Now these glaciers aren't confined by valley walls, and there it's just kind of ice that flows outward from a central dome. So this is kind of like the the ice sheets. This is what we see in Antarctica and Greenland, kind of, and they're they're huge. That's you yeah. know. However big, you know, so not as huge as they used to be. Yeah. Well, (laughs) basically, um, so two things. One, yeah, there was just a there was a study out that uh, every year we lose about one point two trillion tons of ice. What? Yeah. But yeah, when it comes to uh, ice sheets, and I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but you said Greenland and Antarctica. So there's one on Greenland and there's two on Antarctica and that's it. There's only three in the entire world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you want to listen to more about Greenland, episode 27 <laughs> of the geology flannel cast, we talk all about Greenland's ice sheet. <laughs> what, what year was that? Mm, 2015, six years oh, ago. Oh yeah. Well, how about that? Uh, give or take August 2nd. I think, August, I don't know if that's when we posted it or when we recorded it, but either way, I, the file was created on August 3rd, 2015. So yeah. Wow. Jeez. Time flies. when You're having fun. Look yep. at that. Who would have thought nearly, uh, what's that? About, uh, 50, 53 episodes later. Here we go. Revisiting, revisiting, uh, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're being 
we're talking about broad glaciers more, in more, general. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're not, we're not, uh, that was more of a, uh, I guess, uh, in depth kind of yes. episode there. So, um, yeah. So we can move on to some glacial features. These are always fun to talk about kind of some, some geomorphology here. Um, we, so we have crevasses and I, some people say crevices. I like saying crevasses. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Crevasse. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to be a glacial explorer, I don't want to die in a crevice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die in a crevasse. Yeah. Doesn't it just sound so much more like uh, romanticized? I say, yeah. I was going to say romantic, but I didn't want to say romantic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but if you're on a glacier, you're falling yeah. in a glacier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're falling into a crevice, you're. Yeah. I don't know. Why don't we just call them like stretch marks? Like it just sounds dirty, him, you know, like something <laughs> awful. Stretch marks. <laughs> These glacier stretch marks. Oh man, I was watching a YouTube video the other day of this uh, guy who was on on a on journey climbing Everest, and the the portion of the climb where they put the ladders down and you have to traverse ooh, across ooh, the crevasses. Ooh, ooh. No, thank you. A uh, homeboy fell off the ladder, right? And did he make, did he make it? They had uh, they had a rope, kind of like as a, like it was about like chest high, and he was clipped into it. But you just kind of saw him like leaning to the side, like timber, and then you know falls off the falls off the ladder and just kind of hanging there on this rope, uh, in between one of these crevasses, and it it didn't look like he was having fun. Let's just leave it at that. I think uh, he might have had uh, better but, days mean- than that. Have you have you seen the videos of like the 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 Sherpas when they set the ladders? Holy cannoli. Those guys are like the Sherpas are the real heroes. They They're the are, ones like they are. Yeah. Those guys, they don't mess around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, what, like just, what do they they bring the ladder and I just imagine you just like drop it over the crevasse and yeah, I, like I'm set it down. Of, yeah, I don't I don't remember off the, I remember watching a while ago like a documentary on them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, but they're like tech- they've got to carry a ladder up Mount Everest. They're, like, they're how about not, that? Not to the top. It's I understand, but like still, they're <laughs> like carrying yeah. a ladder out back. But they're you know they're they're just they're scurrying up there to to set oxygen and set food and and they're up and back and up and back and up and back. Yeah, they're ones you know setting the lines up there. You know, doing all the the rope rigging on the way up. Like that's. And- and I tell you what, I'm I'm back on campus teaching for the first time in a while this spring, and <clears throat> I went from the lecture hall up to my office, and it was four floors, and I was winded. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you were too, because I was like, "This is bad. This <laughs> yeah, is real bad." I, like, I haven't I haven't done four stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so it makes which me feel a little bit better. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, Jesse's investing in a stairmaster for his next piece of workout <laughs> equipment. <laughs> because yeah. I am planning an ascent of Everest. There you uh, go. I'm gonna go for K2. I want something that's technically I had, challenging. Oh, they just did the first winter ascent of K2. Yeah, it's just done this year. Never been done before. <clears throat> that's a hard mountain. I had uh, a teacher in college. He was training for. He was going to go to Everest. He wasn't going to climb it, but he was just going to go to base camp. And so they told him to start doing lots and st- lots of stairs, go up and down, up and down. And then so he's telling us a story, and he goes, "And that's how I got my first heart attack." <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, 
No bueno. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. So crevasses. Let's, let's go back to these crevasses. Yeah. Where yeah. Steve likes to call glacial stretch marks. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, so this is going to be interesting trying to explain these features where this is going to be one of those things where if I could show you a picture of these things, it would take, you know, what, 10 seconds to explain them? I'm but, pretty sure my my terminology explains it. Well, as we're going to try to do, we are masters of the long lost form of radio here. You know, this is just modern radio we're doing. No, I'm telling you, it's stretch marks. That's what it is. That's what it looks like. That's what it is. <laughs> Done. Ice crack. So these cracks. Yeah, it's it's from like the the stretching of the. It's it's, it's almost like the stretch marks. If somebody would have just said, <laughs> oh, the ice cracks up, right? Uh-huh. And the ice is being pulled downhill, and it starts to create these cracks. But the cracks are perpendicular to the direction that the ice is being pulled, right? So, like, say if downhill was to the south, the the cracks would be oriented east west, mm-hmm. just like stretch marks. Just like stretch marks. Okay. Now, uh, congratulations, everyone. You will never view glacial crevasses the same way ever again. You can thank Steve Peterson. You're welcome. Contact him at steve at geologyflannelcast.com and uh, send all of your fan mail that way regarding there you go. how he ruined your view of crevasses. Mm-hmm. All right. So- we also have other long linear features. Hey, speaking of linear features, <laughs> trying to keep us on what, task. What what if we wanted to describe linear features on a Microsoft Word document? No. Oh, yeah. How would we do that? Uh, well, I don't know anything on Microsoft Word. If only there was somebody that could the, help us. That's right. The formatting formula.com. Uh, or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula if you'd like to teach yourself. Um, I, I honestly was just talking to the formatting formula this week again. Of I course get, you were. Seriously. <laughs> They're like a gigantic crutch for me. Like I know I don't. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's almost getting to the point of embarrassment. But uh, I, I often have to look up some of these old files in this old database. And in this old database, Everything was all caps. So I, I have to copy and paste some of these notes into documents. And when I copy and paste it, it's in all caps. And I'm like, oh. who writes stuff in all caps? That's what I, I, I think like, that's just what this program was from like the 90s. Were they like very angry? Like, <laughs> no. I, 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 this groundwater well was. <laughs> exactly. So uh, uh, first of all, like uh, control A will select everything in the document. Um, and then it's uh, shift F3 changes everything from either caps to no caps or all caps. Okay. But you're saying it, what I'm saying yeah. is that the, anyway, the formatting formula, when I called them up, they're like, oh, this is what you have to do. You have to control a uh, shift F5 or shift F3 and then shift F4 will just repeat the same like i was like what like this they is amazing that's, it, exactly yeah. it, that's what i'm saying they know all the shortcuts they know all the tricks they know they, and and they just it's just they just know it so uh any of your word documenting needs from table of contents to um i, I don't know that just selecting all 
<laughs> something as simple as that. Uh, formattingformula.com and YouTube forward slash C forward slash formula, formatting formula, excuse me. They have all these videos that teach you how to do it yourself. So please check them out. And, you know, even more importantly, just go check them out on YouTube and then write in the comments like, oh, the geology flannel cast saved my life with this. <laughs> If I had a nickel for every time I heard that suggestion, (laughs) we're going to start a spinoff podcast called how the geology flannel cast saved my life. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, formattingformula.com cannot say enough good things about them. Check them out. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you. So speaking of stretch marks and long linear features, can we stop saying stretch marks? (laughs) I, Yes. Thank you. Ice is stretchy, man. It's, it's, uh, just striations. I guess. I guess it's striations. There you go. Yeah. Ice is brittle. That's ice why it is, cracks. It's, exactly. That's why it cracks. Yes. You know what? You're right. Ice. I don't know what kind of ice I'm looking at, but <laughs> ice is not stretchy. <laughs> um, yeah. So striations are linear scratches on the underlying rock. Basically, you know, glaciers. Yes. Is it? ice is it flowing but it also contains other little tiny rocks um it also is somewhat hard itself it also has tons and tons of weight and pressure on top of it so all this combined you know you're gonna leave some scrapes essentially that's what they are that's yeah just it's like the the glaciers just scratching the 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 rock below it yeah and oh go ahead I was just going to say, uh, you know, if if you scrape <clears throat> sometimes, especially it, because it like picks up material as it's sort of moving along, <clears throat> if it picks up, especially if it's got a lot of finer grain stuff like sand or sandstone or something, it can really scrape down the rock and actually leave a polish that it, it, it scrapes it so much that it, it, it buffs out imperfections on the bedrock. Yeah, my granite countertops are only polished by glacier. That's yeah. That's yeah, I mean only... that's the only way I can live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did a whole flannel cast episode on granite countertops. Steve, do you have a true granite countertop or do you have one of these like <laughs> no, I... did, granite did countertops? Did we not talk about glacially polished granite countertops? <laughs> we we did not cover <laughs> glacially polished that's granite a... countertops. Yeah. We maybe and... we could that's a high end luxury product we could exactly subset of people small yeah (laughs) super ultra rich geology Geology fans yeah yeah we're really kind of pigeonholing ourselves in that hey you know whatever but uh uh, also what's cool about these striations too is uh you know they they start at a particular point and then as the grinding occurs, the, the uh, grinder D, um, I guess the grinder um, eventually wears out. So you can actually see like they, they start thicker and deeper, these scratches, and then they get thinner and taper off as, as so you can actually tell directionality of which way the glacier was flowing. And this is time of the scraping. This is what, uh, this was the, sort of the main one of the main lines of evidence that friend of the podcast i assume would have been a friend of the podcast alfie veggs yeah alfred Wegner used i'm pretty sure alfred 
Wegner would have been like a, a diamond tiered Patreon. I think so. I this podcast, so. at least, at least. But at least. what he, you know, using the glacial evidence, you find evidence of, of striations, say, <clears throat> in in South America and and Africa, <laughs> and Australia, and when you look at them in their present day orientation, they're just all over the place. But when you put the continents back together into Pangaea. They make a an ice sheet with like a central dome, and they're all flowing in the in the proper directions. So, <clears throat> shout out to Alfred Wegener and glaciers. Did he we died do- on a he died on an ice sheet? So yeah, he, well, they, they say they found his body, but I'm going to be a. I heard they never found his body. I, th- I didn't. Um, no, it just came up recently that they think they may have found. Yeah, someone was saying. I thought. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be an Alfred Wegener truther. He's did we there. ever? Did we ever do a podcast on Alfred Wegener? I don't know. I don't think hmm. so. I don't think so. In my head, huh. I I meld him together with uh, well, our very. Cornelius. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish this <laughs> thought. He's just out there with like a pickaxe. Mm, that's peppermint. That's pure. That's just looking the eye. Yukon Cornelius or Don Cornelius? No, Yukon Cornelius. Oh, I thought you said Don Cornelius. I'm like, how are you bringing this back to Soul Train? (laughs) Maybe he danced when he found striations or something. I don't know. I wasn't there in the 30s. (laughs) No, we in our very first episode, uh, January 2014. So this would have been, what, seven years ago? uh, We talked about plate tectonics and we talked about Afro Wagner. Oh, we did. Okay. Okay. So, I remember yes. that first, that first podcast. That was, uh, not the best one we did. We've gotten so much better over the years, but anyways, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I, uh, you know, I don't think we've really even touched on this topic. It's I, I'm going off script here, guys. So just, just let me go with this. It's just, I just sh- compared Alfred Wegener to Yukon Cornelius. That was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was not in the outline. That was, <laughs> So <laughs> it's very good. I appreciate that. Um, no, I, the one thing that we should talk about is when these glaciers are moving, the sheer force behind them is just astonishing. They're, they are one of the strongest forces in nature, one of the strongest erosive forces in nature. When these things are moving downhill, like the glacier does not care what's in the way. There's so much force that's involved in these things. They'll pick up boulders. They'll they'll carve out mountain valleys. And yeah, it's just like a bulldozer, just like psh. nature's bulldozer. Yeah, and when we get into moraines a little bit later, we'll talk about how they literally are bulldozers. You know, but um, so we'll get at that. But this is you know that, that these things are just their glaciers are huge, and you can get like uh, these ice sheets. Not so much like the alpine or the valley glaciers, but like the the ice sheets. These things are like miles deep. And they're they're just these they're enormous. So that's what I just wanted to kind of just push that push that point a little bit. Um, but I guess uh, one of the last things to talk about uh, these glacial striations that we see in the rock. It's one of you know it's a line of evidence of glaciers. They were they were in the area and they've they've since melted away. And they like I said we, they they kind of scratched up the rock. The things that are causing these striations are are usually just from sand that's um, that's 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 associated with that that's in the ice. And as that glacier is moving, just that those in little sand particles, those little sand grains are just kind of scratching up 
um, the the surface of the rock underlying the glacier. So, all right. So next topic, you know, I, it's it's uh, these these features we'll be talking about. You may, if you're not if you're not a uh, if you're not a geologist, you've probably never heard of these things before. They're called Roche Moutonnet, and what Roche Moutonnet are it's an erosional surface it's uh from glacial activity and so i guess it's a um it's a, it's oh, it's almost like an asymmetric how would you guys describe like the feet uh, what this thing looks like an asymmetric like lump the, the like dawson lee side yeah of that's the, yeah yeah that's, that's exactly what i was i was so thinking. Yeah. But again, would, if you haven't heard of Roche Moutonnet, maybe you don't know what Stoss and Lee mean either. <laughs> so it's it's like if you're walking up a very shallow hill, <clears throat> like a shallow slope, and then you come to a cliff. Yeah, it's that's shallow it. On one side, and then it's really steep on the other. Yeah, and th this actually happens a lot in nature, like we're talking about with sand dunes, uh, the glacier ice feature of Roche Moutonnet, and um, sometimes it just has to do with like what side of your hill is facing north or south like one one's gonna see more erosion than any other side so mm -hmm. so they get their um these things form as the glacier's moving it kind of erodes the um the the rock surface underlying the glacier down and uh you can actually tell the direction that the ice is moving and um just by just by looking at the the geometry of it the the ice tends to come up the 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 shallow end and um yes yeah, so you see basically the ice is moving in the opposite direction of the dip of the shallow end is that a good way to explain it no no <laughs> <laughs> no you had it right the first time it's it's essentially traveling up the shallow end it's traveling up the shallow end yeah, dropping yeah. off the steep end yeah. So I, I, okay. I, I yeah, no, no, you, I'm just saying the first time you explained yeah. it was pretty clear the second time, you know, less clear, too many words, too many words. <laughs> yes. What's well, hard. If I had a picture, people would, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Uh, well, right. you know, maybe we can post some pictures on the website. So ch check it's us out at geologyflannelcast.com. It's a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of pictures with this one. If uh, we do that. Um, so, uh, how did these things get their name? It's kind of a kind of an interesting name, huh? Well, it go uh, yeah, goes I, back to this one of my favorite stories. This is one of your favorite stories. Well, I mean, it's one of the like it's sort of silly. So I really it's like very it. yeah. silly. I just put this in there because it's got a, I got a fun fact about it. All right, so back in the uh, the 18th century, there's an Alpine explorer. His name was Horace Benedict de Saucier, there we go. He coined this term Roche Moutonnet in 1786, and he looked at these rocks. He's, you know, he's he's an alpine explorer. He's probably been out in nature for a long time, maybe maybe by himself. I don't I don't know. I just made that list part up. But so he's out there and he's just looking at these rocks, and he thought that they looked like these wigs that uh, that the French used to wear during his time. And these wigs, this is actually kind of gross. They were smothered with mutton fat, hence the term moutonnet, um, to keep the hair in place. So they didn't have like fun hair gel. Not that, that hair gels are fun, but. That had to smell awful. Oh, my God. Could you imagine on a hot day? 
with that. You must have had every single dog. It's like that episode of Seinfeld where they had the mutton in their pockets or Elaine wouldn't eat the mutton. And she was like, she didn't want to be offensive. And she just was like putting the, you ever see that episode? Yes. The only one? Yes. Okay. No, I know well, who you're talking about. You know, the mutton in her pockets basically. And the dogs are chasing her, the following her on the way home. <laughs> yeah, you know, what's All funny. Right. I, I heard a different story. I heard that it looked like a sheep laying down. Yeah. And that's why it was yeah. called sheep rock. Yeah. And that's, that's had nothing then, to do with fat in hair. Classic the, misnomer. Classic. Steve, if you would have read this bullet point, the last sentence in the bullet point <laughs> says this, the French term is often incorrectly interpreted as meaning sheep rock. Well, that's what I'm saying though. So yeah. I was, I was told the wrong story. I wasn't told yeah, well, this more fascinating story about just, putting, putting fat in wigs. Putting yeah. mutton fat in wigs. <laughs> it's a great story. Great story. It's, a, it's, it's pretty much as good as it gets, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's we it. peaked. <laughs> We're done. Which is, is as good as it gets. That's a 1990s reference movie. Oh, Jack, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. There? Was that 1990s? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. 99, maybe? Really? Yeah, probably late 90s. Was there a sequel? 1997. Was there a sequel to that movie? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Helen Hunt, Jack Nicholson, and the kid from The Sixth Sense. Oh, Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, the Brett kid. Kinnear. No, I'm just reading. Oh, oh, yeah, he's, not, oh, just, oh. I don't right. know who the kid was. I moved on. I'm reading the other. Haley Joel Osment. Oh. Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, Greg Kinnear, Cuba Gooding Jr., Skeet Oltrich. Hmm. Music by Hans Zimmer. Anyway. Yeah. I'm done reading the credits now. <laughs> so the next glacial feature we can talk about. Uh, so by the way, there's like, there's so many of these, these features that glaciers make and we're not going to be able to get to them all in yeah. oh, an hour ish podcast. So just kind of hitting some, some of the big ones here. So if, if we didn't mention your favorite glacial feature, give us a shout, let us know what your favorite glacial feature is. I don't Yeah. Know. Send us an email. We'll, we'll totally do a whole episode on it, how it's done. How it's made. Well, I don't know. Some of them. I don't know if we could do a whole episode on some of these features. Stop it. We could stretch this out as long as we have to. It'll be a fair amount of tangents. but <laughs> Oh, as opposed to our normal podcast. <laughs> Carry on. All right. That's enough from you, right, Peterson? <laughs> All right. These are one of my favorites. I love these features. We're going to talk about Cirques. So, what a cirque is, it's just like, uh, it tends to be like a semicircular feature at the base of uh, uh, these uh, steep walls at the head of a mountain valley. So just, just imagine you're, you're high up in the alpine environment, you're above the tree line, and it's almost like, uh, it's like this like scoop taken out of the mountains, like circular, like almost like ice cream scoop. So what, how that forms is that's just a, like a collection area for ice and your glacier starts to grow inside the cirque. And that's why it tends to be circular. It's, that's where the term cirque comes oh, from. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Like Cirque de Soleil. Oh. It's a, a circular, a, a circus. circular circus. Cir yeah. <laughs> no. A circus. Where's, where does the term circus come from? What's the, uh, because it's in a ring, yeah. a ring. So, okay. Then yeah, cir cir and yeah, Cirque de yeah. Soleil is a circle of, Circus of the Sun or something. Circus, yeah. yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
But what ends up happening is it's a slow lying area and the ice starts collecting in there. And as the ice, you know, as your glacier starts growing over time, it starts carving out that area and it can actually lead into some other features that we're going to get it, get into. I should probably just jump down to talk about these, but you can get uh, features like horns and arets forming as well. So if you've never heard of a horn before, you probably don't realize that you've heard of one. Ever hear of the Matterhorn? The mountain, the Matterhorn in the Swiss Alps? No, it's a ride in Disney. Is it? The Matterhorn? Yeah. I don't know what the... I, I have heard of the Matterhorn. Um, yeah, no, I've heard of the Matterhorn, obviously. But, uh, but the Matterhorn uh, is probably more widely known as a ride at Disney. No, which is based off. I think of it's a mountain. What are you talking about? I don't think of Disney when you're talking about the mountain. <clears throat> All right, please would, send us comments a... at thegeologyflannelcast.com <laughs> regarding this. Do you know of the Matterhorn as a Disney ride or as a mountain in the Swiss Alps? Or I would say, what's a more famous peak, the Matterhorn or the Murderhorn? I've never heard of the murder horn. Oh, Homer climbs it with his apple. Oh, shoot. Simpsons reference? Sorry. Yes. Uh, Yeah, because Abe tried to climb it with uh, somebody else earlier. and Abe, like, took a bite out of his leg or something. I forget what happened in that episode. Anyway. So, okay. So, Cirque's. Okay. Like we said, we got this. I'm trying to keep ourselves on track. No, go, go. (laughs) All right, so you got this cirque, the circular depression at the base of these uh, these steep steep walls in the mountain, and, and if sometimes you can have multiple cirques within proximity to each other, and what will happen is the the ice starts growing and the ice starts car starts carving out these walls, and these cirques can grow laterally, right? And what can happen over time? They'll they'll move, they'll get they'll get bigger, they'll start, they'll continue to carve out the mountain. And you can get a feature called a horn. This is where the Matterhorn and, and a lot of, if you ever hear of a mountain, like uh, they have them a lot in the Alps. That's where a lot of this, like the, the glacial terminology comes from is, is in, in Europe, in, in the Alps. But yeah, horn, essentially that's, that's when this science was becoming a science and that's where it was. So that's, and that's where they discovered evidence for all of the we talked about it about on one of the past episodes I have, i'm blanking on the the geologist who discovered all this stuff but um just walking around the alps and that's what that's how they realized like oh my god there were like ice ages and this whole area all of the alps were covered in ice covered in glaciers like this is this is crazy who was that i forget um, too i know what you're talking about uh, but was it agus was it agus no was it agassi mm, no he was a tennis player <laughs> good point uh, maybe he, maybe he was a geologist i don't know you know i guess um, geologists need hobbies too um yeah anyway hey we'll we'll figure it out later yeah but, but that that's why a lot of these names have like french or swiss or you know german yeah yeah because basically it was you know where it was at was in that, europe was so with a horn it's it's when your peak has like a it's almost like a, a a pyramid type shape, and what it is is just kind of like the convergence of these cirques and and the ice is kind of carving out this pyramid type peak sticking up out of the uh, you know the sticking up out of the mountains. So yeah, like have you ever seen it, uh, the beginning of any Paramount picture? Yeah, what, that's that Paramount picture that that is 
essentially an arete. No, a horn. Or a, excuse me, a horn. <laughs> We're gonna get to arets in a second. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Jump of the gun. What is the name of the mountain in the uh, Paramount <sighs> picture? I forget. I, I, it's not the Matterhorn. No, it's not the Matterhorn. But I, I want to say it's in the Rockies somewhere. Right? No, it's not the. Um, it's not in the rise. It's, it's in the Alps. Ooh. Um, no. Oh, how do you pronounce this one? Yeah, it's from the Andes. <laughs> is it the Andes? Yeah. Art Art Raju. Yeah, there you go. Paramount Pictures got the logo inspiration. Yeah, from. it's from Peru. All right. And so I was closer than you were with the Rockies. Yeah. From how about it doesn't look like the Andes? How about um? But that is a beautiful looking horn. Yeah. 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 Shoof. But that's 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 the definition of horn. If you want to see a good good um. Uh, a good example of a horn, just watch any movie from Paramount Pictures. There you go. And you only got to watch the first like 30 seconds and then you got your. Exactly. Your and, and sorry, I jumped the gun with a Rets, but that could be our next feature. A Rhett is the next feature we're going to talk about because <laughs> if the Cirques, as they erode out, sometimes they don't just carve out a single peak, a single like pyramid type peak sticking up out of the ground, not well, out of the out of the mountains, but sometimes they just kind of carve up this uh i guess it's it's a very like steep almost like a, a thin wall it's called it's called an arete a very steep ridge line that's the better term um so sometimes if these ridge lines these and they're they're super steep you can have like 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 a thousand foot drop on either side of these of these ridge lines and sometimes if they're thin enough uh climbers call them knife edges and so they say like you're traver- you gotta have to traverse across this knife edge but in reality it's a glacial arete Yes, and I don't know if you've ever seen YouTube videos of climbers climbing on these things. They must be have death wishes. There, that is terrifying. Perfectly mm-hmm. safe. What are you talking about? No, there's no <laughs> such thing as that. There's, but, um, but a, a more familiar shape that many people might have seen and not even realized is the U-shaped valley. So yeah. Typically, when you have a valley, if it's carved by a river, it's usually in the shape of a V or, you know, typically or, you know, uh, idealized version of a river valley would be a V shape. But the idealized immature river. Well, yes. And idealized uh, shape of a glacial valley is a U. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you've ever been in upstate New York or you know, anywhere in Canada, the, the Scandinavian countries, like it's legit. It's like a big giant, like a gigantic half pipe. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great yeah, way to describe it. A yeah. giant half pipe yeah. with like, you know, thousand foot walls on either side, 2000 foot walls on either side. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's, it's, it's like a big, huge, steep drop, a nice round curve into a flat portion into the, other curve and then right up the other steep side of it so that was a great definition of a u-shape steve thanks yeah great explanation uh next week we'll be talking about s's (laughs) classic u-shape valley uh yosemite valley yosemite valley is all carved out by glaciers yeah 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 um so real fast before we finish uh i want to go back to cirques real fast all right what they're they're really important, man. A lot of a lot, right. of a lot of stuff comes from Cirques. But that was like 
two features ago. Carry on. Yeah, well, there's something called a tarn, and that's a lake that forms in a cirque. So you have the like the circular type amphitheater, like the depression at the base of you know of the peaks, and then um, once the ice melts away, you can have a lake that's left behind. That's called a tarn. Yeah, and it almost looks like a, a volcanic lake. It kind of does from that the one picture that we yeah. got that we're looking at. No, I mean, but but usually uh, there's it's not volcanic, but <laughs> yeah, it's not volcanic, it but but usually there's one side that's been eroded down that have, that would have let the ice kind of follow its path down. Yeah, yeah. And then and next is my personal favorite. Uh, Pattern Oster Lakes. These are um, one of my favorite glacial features. Uh, look, first of all, that's like the third personal favorite of yours. No, no, no. Jesse's got all the personal favorites. I, <laughs> I never do. talk about my personal favorites. Jesse likes too much stuff. I, I, <laughs> I just—he's a very likable guy. I, I try and make the squeeze the most lemonade out of the lemons of life. <laughs> I yeah, that that's a perfect description of it. All right, so. Paranoister Lakes. Yeah. Pat, pat, Pattern, patter, paternoster. 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 Sorry. Um, you as a Catholic school from, from yeah. K to 12 should know that. Uh, well, I, I didn't call them. I called them rosaries. <laughs> I didn't call them <laughs> You weren't taught. And I assumed you learned everything in Latin. I didn't. Uh, no, I'm not that old. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so what a Paternoster Lake is, or Paternoster Lakes, plural, I mean, you can't just have one lake. It's a series of lakes in, in the glacial valley, and the lakes are connected by a stream. So the name comes because it, uh, like, uh, like what Jesse just said, it resembles like a rosary, right? You have like, the beads, and it's all connected by, by a, a string, or, you know, and uh, whatever <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess i just that's that's it i don't have to expand on that it's just, yeah. that's, that's that's it's like a, it kind of like, like a, a pearl necklace or or a rosary like where you have a, a a bead and then a thin line or chain or string and then another bead and then a thin line yeah mm -hmm. so that's where uh let's see the the name paternoster comes from um it's uh, i guess it's another name for the lord's prayer from uh, it's from, from Latin. Latin. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Something like that. One of those, <laughs> one of those old dead languages. Something that the, the uh, back in the day. So, Pattern Oster Lakes are really cool. I remember uh, one time I was out on a vacation out in Glacier National Park, Montana. And uh, I remember we did this hike up to the top of the, it was uh, the, it's called Grinnell Glacier. And I'm looking down in the valley and it was just like, I remember just seeing that, like, holy crap! Look at that Paternoster Lake. It was really cool. All these, boom! All these lakes, all connected by a stream, and cool stuff. I so that's why I have a a personal connection with Paternoster Lakes. So, did whoever you were with call you a nerd and push you down? It happens every day of my life. I got a wedgie actually on the top of this glacier. Was, they somehow found a toilet to give you. A yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to more, let's see, this is an erosional feature of a glacier. And these things are called fjords. 
Love so. it. That's yeah. I would Jesse, say. have you seen a fjord in real life? Have I seen a fjord in real life? Iceland? I was wondering your Iceland trip if you ever. I'm trying. That's why I was trying to think if if I'm. Sh- I think I assume I did. I don't know. It was a while ago at this point. And there is a difference between a fjord and a fjord. Oh, so and I always forget them. Fjords are just smaller. They're, I don't think they're as deep. Huh. So I could say fjord all day, every day. So you have, uh, well, here's a lot of people don't realize this. There's a term called a fjord and there's a term called a fjord. So fjord, F-J-O-R-D and, and fjord, F-J-A-R-D. Yeah. And basically it's your U-shaped valley, but it's flooded usually by the ocean. Yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly. And there, these these fjords are really, really deep. Like, and it's yeah, it's all just all just kind of carved out by this uh, by this glacier moving down, moving down the valley. Yeah, and yeah. And and honestly, you see some of these pictures of some of them. It it looks like something out of like the Lord of the like. It looks fantastical, yeah. like out of yeah. Lord of Rings <laughs> or like. Like, no, that can't be on planet Earth. Like, no, it is. It's it's that gorgeous and it's that cool. So a fjord, um, that is, it's very similar. Um, it's a rocky inlet of the sea, but it's usually found along relatively low-lying coasts. So you don't have, it, I, it, you don't have like the topography that you would have with a fjord. There you go. So. Yeah, I like, knew that. I, 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 I yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen fjords. I've, yeah, they have them up in Maine, yeah. uh, Acadia National Park. Mm. Or that might—is that a fjord or a fjord? Because I think some people say it's a fjord. I, uh, yeah. Who when knows? I think of fjord, I think of like the like Nor- like Nor- uh, Norway. Norway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, exactly. the, the one spot where all the base jumpers jump off of. Yep. It's uh, pretty crazy. That's that's not the first thing that came to my mind, but. Oh, it's that's the first. Uh, there's this one spot in Norway. I guess they have this like it's almost like a natural diving board, and you jump off the fjord, and and the base jumpers they love it. That's mm-hmm. cool. Not for me, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. All right, so we we're talking about all these erosional features, and all that eroded stuff <laughs> has to go somewhere, right? It doesn't just disappear. It doesn't. You know, rock doesn't sublimate. Mass cannot be created nor destroyed. Uh, how cool would it be if rocks could sublimate, but they don't? So they get ground up, and then that that well stuff has to go somewhere, right? Yes, I was. I was going to go off on another tangent, but yes, the stuff has to go somewhere. <laughs> and um, so usually you get all this material that like, when this glacier is moving down the down the um, the valley, it starts picking up all this stuff, right? It's just, it's just a giant bulldozer moving down the valley, and it's picking up all this crap, boulders. Yeah, we're saying giant, like it's picking up, like it's breaking off chunks of rock like the size of houses, yeah, like single family homes yeah. and like it's buildings carving, and carving out that. mountain valleys. It's literally tunneling, yeah. not tunneling out, but it's carving out mountain valleys. So. There's a lot of rock that's associated with the stuff, and it gets stuck in the it's stuck in the ice. There's there's a lot of rock in the ice. So what happens is when the glacier starts melting, so the water just kind of flows downhill, right? But it also brings with it 
all of the sediment that the glacier had originally kind of pushed down. And so we get these things called outwash and it's a sediment that's just, it's deposited past, like you could say the, the toe of the glacier. All right. It's beyond the, the terminal margin of the ice. And um, the thing with, with out, glacial outwash is that the sediment there is poorly sorted. And so what that means is that you just get, there's no, Mother Nature doesn't uh, kind of filter the stuff out. It's just this dump of random sediment, all sorts of sizes. For the uh, engineers listening, it's well graded. <laughs> oh, that's right. They do say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> blows my mind <laughs> it gets me so angry but, but you carry get, on you get into some like uh some environments on earth where mother nature these natural processes they they kind of uh, i what's the i, I don't want to say I, i'm saying filter out the sand or filter out the sediments is all one size but what's what's a better word for that um sort it sort sort yeah i guess <laughs> yeah Exactly. That's right. why the geologist term makes much so much more yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. Than so, poorly graded. There's certain there's certain features on Earth that through natural processes you'll get nothing but sediment of all the same size, like like sand dunes, for example. Right. It, so it, so so the energy of the system can only carry a certain size grain. Yeah. So the energy of the water is only capable of carrying a grain of you know such diameter. So the water, if it's flowing at a constant rate can only transport sediments of a certain grain size. And that's why sand dunes tend to be all the same, very, very, very close to the same grain size is because it's being transported by wind. And wind doesn't have the energy that like uh, a river would have or it could just bring a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Wind doesn't have the density. Yeah. yeah. And and or the the usually the variability too. Like in a yeah. river, you can have spots where it's high velocity, spots where it's low velocity, a lot more... Well, yeah, Herb, yeah. I guess actually the density plays more of a factor. Should we um, mention here outwashes are, are the main place you see braided streams? Ooh, one of the main one of the main one of the main place because you have a variability <clears throat> in um, flow. So during the winter months, you don't have much outwash because everything freezes. And then during the, the spring and the summer, everything melts. And so you get these pulses. What you have a ton of sediment just from the glacier grinding and, and pushing it down mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> into the outwash. And then you have this variability in, in discharge and flow. And it creates these braided systems. Yeah. Distributary. And a lot of times these, these braided systems tend to be at a, uh, a higher gradient too. So you get, you get, mm -hmm. uh, a steeper gradient and basically just a crap ton of sediment involved with it as well. And you tend to get, and, and so another SI unit, a crap ton. Yes. One <laughs> master ton. crap ton. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, uh, an outwash, sometimes they call them outwash planes and it's just a giant, it's like a big apron of sand. Or I shouldn't say sand because that's not correct at all. It's a big <laughs> apron of sediment. It's just random size sediment, poorly sorted, just everything boulder i don't know about boulders but like coarse gravel sand silt and clay it's the whole kit and caboodle yeah it's just the glacier vomiting Blah. yeah Blah. that's it that's exactly what it is just the glacier goes Blah, and just <laughs> drops all that sediment out 
Well, speaking about the next term we want to talk about, speaking of the, the glacier going, I'm done. <laughs> There's a couple other ways the glacier can make that, that noise and that, that action. And the one thing I want to talk about now is moraines. Now, these things are cool. These are my ah, glaciers. Uh, moraines are pretty cool. They're my second favorite glacial feature. Jeez. <laughs> Carry on. That, that might have been the dorkiest thing I've said all week. But... <laughs> Or at least today. My second favorite glacial feature. Um, it's moraines, all right? So moraines is a it's a depositional feature that's composed of glacial glacially derived sediment. And there's 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 a lot of different types of moraines. And I guess to give you like a quick little 10-second definition of what a moraine is, it's a pile of sediment. They tend to be linear piles, kind of most of the, yeah, they're, they tend to be like linear piles of sediment. Yeah, or curvilinear, the, yeah. Yeah. That the glacier that the glacier deposits as it's uh, and it's associated with some type of movement of the glacier. And these moraines are really important because this is how we figured out how far the glaciers have moved in the past. So like when you see, if you ever see like a diagram of like, oh, during the last ice age, like the, the ice came down like this far until like, you know, New Jersey and Pennsylvania or, or, you know, whatever you're dealing with. The reason that they know that is because you're looking, geologists have found a feature called a terminal moraine. Yeah. So essentially the, the bulldozer has to stop somewhere. Yeah. It doesn't go forever. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So you have a bulldozer just pushing a pile of sediment along, it stops. And what happens when the bulldozer just starts going in reverse, it leaves that pile behind and just starts, the bulldozer yep. moves away. And that's, that's a type of end moraine. There's, so there's a couple different types of moraines, but the first type of moraines we'll talk about are end moraines. So this would be the terminal moraine. That's the type of end moraine. Um, and that's the farthest advance of a glacial episode, the glacier or the bulldozer is coming down and it hit that furthest point that it moves. Yeah, think think about like a snowplow. A snowplow can can push snow halfway up your driveway on day one. On day two, it pushes it a little bit further. On day three, it pushes a little bit further. You know, at some point, the the snowplow is going to push it to the furthest extent possible, and then that's it. And all the other times that that snowplow stopped, all that evidence is removed. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't know where it stopped on day one or hour one or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. All, you know, the only evidence that's left behind is that very last push of mm -hmm. where that snowplow went. So mm -hmm. that that's what a terminal moraine kind of is. Yeah. That's I like that. Yeah. It's so it's, it's the furthest extent. It's how far that that's the farthest that it traveled from its, um, yeah, let's just leave it at that before <laughs> I get myself in trouble. So now, <laughs> Now the glacier it reached that that terminus or that, that that maximum point. Now it's melting and it's receding back. It's moving backwards, right? So it leaves behind things called recessional moraines. So these form at the glacial front during a temporary halt in recession or a readvance of ice. So let's just say the the ice extends to a, the, the terminal point. And then it starts coming back. It starts coming back, but then you get another pulse of growth. Now the pulse, this next pulse of growth doesn't go all the way to the terminal moraine. It goes a little bit farther, but not as far as it, as, as the, as it went in the past. 
And that's that's what causes these recessional moraines. So the one thing I always I always forget to think about, and it's very important that you think about this, is that these glaciers aren't moving in this one single push, like like say like it, it comes from the north and it pushes south. Just one single push. Oh, okay, cool. We hit the terminal. The terminus, this is as far as we're going to go now. It's going to be one single push back as the whole thing's melting. That's not how it works. These things tend to get pulses. All right. It might go up, 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 start inching up and come back a little bit, inch up a little more, come back a little bit. And that's just a lot. Of, I think a lot of times in geology, when you're, when you're studying this stuff, you kind of forget about this, is that a lot of the stuff works in pulses. And the more you study it, the more you realize it's, it's just not one single push of growth. So that's where like the recessional moraines come in. It's just, like I said, it's either, it's either like a temporary halt or it's uh, this slight re-advance of ice during a, uh, during a period of general recession. So in the long, the, the, you ha- you're having a net loss of ice, but sometimes it might push up a little bit and then come back. It might push up and then come back even more. Yeah. So that's, now, that's what recession Do you guys is. know an example of a very good example of an emery? I feel like you're going to tell us I, one. You're going to drop a knowledge bomb? Yeah. Long Island. Oh, oh. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. The, the, Long Island is a terminal moraine. That's, like, yeah. that's the furthest extent of the last glaciation. That's where all those and, glaciers in New York and Canada kind of just stopped and just like, yeah. So Long Island is just a, a glacier vomit. <laughs> so. And, also, Nantucket Island and Martha's Vineyard. Exactly. Yeah. Those are the. They're all connected. Moraines. They're all. Yeah. yeah. Well, so there was they're, a. They're not connected. Excuse me. I should have said that, but they're all yeah. in line with each other. That's right. what I meant to say. There's a, a a study that came. I think it came out today. I I read it. Whoa. Today. <laughs> so, nope. Wait. Nope. Sorry. I was looking at the wrong tab. Too many tabs. Um, <laughs> I'll take a tab. Yeah. I. Shoot, if you want I something, clo- pal, you got to pay for it. <laughs> I closed it. It came out recently. Let's 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 just pretend it came out today. Um, there are some researchers that were look using. Um, they they used all sorts of silly things, but uh, high resolution imagery from the Mars high rise um, orbiter uh, to identify moraines on Mars. And they cataloged at least what they think are 20 major phases of, of glaciation or ice ages on Mars. Oh, do, wow. they, cor- do so they correlate with Earth? Uh, I guess they can't really date them, can they? Yeah, well, they do put, they've got, um, they, they think they're, they're phased at like 300,000 years, which it doesn't necessarily make too much sense. Well, I, you know, is Milankovitch... Well, actually, yeah, be different. Yeah, Milankovitch will be different from Mars because they have a different tilt and different orbit. So right. that's interesting. I, I, I hadn't thought. Initially, so it, I was like, "Oh, it doesn't line up with the hundred or four hundred thousand year or the forty thousand year." So the ice ages on Earth are related to these things called Milankovitch cycles, and it has to do with the tilt and the wobble of the Earth, basically. We we did a whole episode. No orbit. Yeah, eccentricity. We did a whole episode uh, years ago on Milankovitch. Toward yeah, the, so the first the first push of the flannel cast. <laughs> so back in the teens. Anyway, that's that's my story about <clears throat> the strong island of Mars. Yeah, Milankovitch cycles episode thirty four. 
Hmm. 34. Oh, that was, that was right, almost right before 2015. The yeah. 2015. All right. So let's keep on moving on. We got, we got, uh, we're, we're getting close to finishing up the, the features here. All right. The last end Marine, we can talk about lateral Moraines. And so that's kind of on the edge or like what they say, like the side margin of a mountain glacier of an Alpine glacier. So I always kind of, the, these glaciers as they're, they're like coming down the valleys, it, it looks like tongues of ice. And so the lateral moraines are just on the edge of, of that. All right. So if the glacier is moving to the South, the, um, the, I guess the, the, the lateral moraines would be on the East and West side of that tongue moving towards the South. Does that make sense? Is that, yes, but it's all, it's all oriented towards the South. I, I'm really digging myself a hole right here. <laughs> it's on the sides of the glacier. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Those are, those are known as lateral moraines. So the next category are called ground moraines. And so with the ground moraines, the first one we have listed here is called a medial moraine. So the ice is moving downhill. We talked about this. Gravity is moving this, the ice downhill. And what happens is these glaciers can flow into each other and they can join up. And so a medial moraine is when two lateral moraines join together. So you have two sheets, two tongues of ice, like two glaciers coming together. They're, they're joining up, but on each glacier, there's a lateral moraine. And now when the two glaciers join together, that lateral moraine of each glacier is no longer in the middle. I'm sorry. It's no longer on the edge, the lateral edges. It's now in the middle. And so that's the, that's a medial moraine. So it's a moraine. That's like, it just looks like it's yeah. right in the middle. So I'm going to relate this back to food <clears throat> and think of, uh, your, think of your glacier coming down the mountain as a chip, witch, right? I like chip, witches. you got your Ooh. chocolate chip cookie on one side you got your chocolate chip cookie on the in, on the other side those are your your rocks that are being eroded and then you have your ice cream in the middle which is your glacier now a medial moraine would be when two chip witches come together so now you have chocolate chip cookie ice cream chocolate chip cookie chocolate chip cookie ice cream chocolate chip cookie that is that is, uh, that is chip witch right there. Yeah, there was a lot of cookies and ice creams. Yeah, exactly. I knew I piqued your interest. Uh, <laughs> so the, the the lateral moraines is essentially the chocolate chip cookie part. The 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 rock and debris that's being eroded. But as those two things come together, you now have a big giant line right down the middle. Hence medial. That might be the smartest thing you've ever said in, <laughs> in a not really kind of way. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a uh, while. You know, <laughs> exactly. All right. So that's just a, a quick run through on moraines. Pretty cool feature. There is uh, man. I want to say, I believe it's Nantucket. Or Martha's, I think it's Martha's Vineyard, actually, now that I think about it. Does it rhyme with Nantucket? No, or a man from, <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with a man from All Nantucket. Right. And uh, there's a there's a vodka distillery, and they they claim that they make, like, this, like, super pure vodka. So it's, like, super awesome vodka because 
the water is filtered through the moraine sediment or there's something something along the lines of that hmm. Hmm. isn't there another vodka company that uses water from i think like glaciers? i think there's a lot actually yeah. finlandia uh, i think goose creek does i think there's actually a lot yeah there's i feel like there's one where they like get it from icebergs though right isn't there one yes where yeah I've, I've heard, yeah I've, so um, um, but anyway, this, this one, this one spot, this one, uh, distillery, vodka distillery. And I guess, I think it's Martha's vineyard. They say that cause they use this water. That's, that's, that's filtered through the, uh, the marine sediment. And they say, it's like, I don't know the best water ever. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't what know. Evs. What evs. All right. Cames and kettles. Let's talk yeah. about these guys. Now we're talking. Cames and kettles, baby. Uh, they're usually found together. They're kind of like, uh, you know, they're kind of a package deal. A came is a, so this is another depositional feature, by the way, from a glacier. A came is a mound-like hill and it has stratified sand and gravel in it. And it, it comes from the accumulation of sediment within cavities within the ice of the glacier or depressions within the ice surface. So basically sediment fills in those cavities with that depression on the surface of the ice. But the main thing with cames is that the sediment is stratified inside it. And then kettles are kind of, they're, they're not mounds, they're circular depressions. And what happens is with kettles, it forms as your ice is, ice is melting and calving. And what happens is a uh, isolated block of ice falls off. Um, and you get these like huge blocks of ice just kind of sitting on the ground. And when they melt, uh, it forms a lake. That's how big these blocks of ice are. So, and this is yeah. kind of the reason. So ke kettles are usually called kettle lakes. Kettle lakes. Yeah. Yeah. And this has to do with why the state of Minnesota is known as the land of a thousand lakes. Which is where the Los Angeles Lakers come from. Yeah. They came from Minnesota? Yeah, they were the Minnesota I, Lakers. That's why I never them. knew that. Yeah. I don't really follow basketball that much, but how yeah. about that? That makes more sense. I always wondered, like, yeah, they, they were the they were the Minnesota Lakers. They moved to Los Angeles and they kept the Lakers name. <laughs> which doesn't really correlate, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, I just want to mention something about kettles too. There, there's a feature. So oftentimes on the surface of the glacier. You'll get pooled meltwater, and um, so you'll have these like super glacial lakes, they're called, that are lakes on the surface of the glacier. And if there's a crevasse that opens up or if a crack, <clears throat> the water will I believe drain. it's pronounced stretch mark. The stretch marks. <laughs> the, the crevasse. <laughs> uh, crevice. The crevice. Can you say crevice on glacier? The crevice on the glacier. Yeah, the, See, I feel like crevice is worse than stretch mark. Yeah, the crevasse on. on the on the glacier. <laughs> uh, the water from that, that that glacial lake will drain, basically just shoot down, and it, it <clears throat> creates this. It's almost like a fire hose. It's yeah, it's like a pressure washer. Yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> it'll 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 drill down through the glacier and just hit the bedrock or hit the rock below it. And so you can get these features called potholes that are that that 
can then fill with water. And so they're similar to a kettle lake in that sense. But um, one of the <clears throat> largest ones ever, ever found is, is in Northeastern Pennsylvania in the town of Archibald. It's called the Archibald Potholes, a state park. And it, oh. um, so I've never been there, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Shout out to my, my father-in-law who's, who's from there and, and was, have you been there? told me about it no i, I should have. i've been to archibald a number of times and i've never never been up that way. i've never seen it but apparently um there, there's an interesting story about how they the, the person who found it but there's apparently one that is nearby as well but it's filled with garbage right now they just used it as a dump because <laughs> uh, it's just Perfect. like here's a hole let's fill it but um, you know, when speaking of when I when I was in Iceland, it was it was sort of it was the year was it the year after or two years after I Ifetlajökull erupted, and so we were up on a glacier, and when you got up towards it, it's receding like every glacier on Earth, um, or most glaciers on Earth, but so when we were when we were hiking up to to the edge to hike up onto the glacier you could see these mounds of sediment and they were all black because of all the ash and they were just these like almost like pillars or these little mounds but they're from these the when when it when it drains like that they're called mulans so these mulans draining and so all the sediment gets flushed down that hole too. So it piles up. If it doesn't drill into the bedrock and form a pothole, you're just going to pile up sediment. So you get these like little piles of sediment. So it's an, an interesting little little thing to, to sort of see in action. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. I got to get, get to Iceland one of these days. Yeah. We, we'll all get the vaccine and we'll go, we'll go together. Ah, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. um, fun little, uh, fun little. I guess it's I don't. It's not a glacial feature, but a fun little thing. When we're on the topic of Iceland, I really like the topic of Jakula. Jakula, Jakula. I can't pronounce them. Jakulops. You know about these? No, I. I, I just want to hear you try and pronounce it. Ja, yeah. Jakula. Ja, ja, cool, ja cool it's um, anyways, what it is, is you get these in Iceland, you get these volcanoes that are covered by glaciers and oh, J- Jokuls. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I felt like Jokuls, Jokuls. My here's, here's the, uh, how do you pronounce that? Jokulups. that's what i said yeah anyways so it's you get these these volcanoes in iceland are um they're covered in ice they're covered by glaciers and when the volcanoes things tend when the volcano melts when the volcano erupts tends to be a little hot a little warm and so it melts the glacier that's covering the volcano and you get this like massive flood coming off of the volcano. Yeah. Yeah. And there's you, there's videos 
<clears throat> so yokul, which I think is what you're like J umlaut uh, the O with the umlaut K U L L. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's yokul. It it means glacier. It okay. translates as glacier. Ah, oh, okay. So yeah, that's what's interesting about oh, the it, Icelandic it, 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 language is like they don't uh, take a word from a foreign language and just accept it. Like they'll come up with their own new word for like computer. Yeah. Like they just, they, they make a new word and that becomes a new word in their vocabulary. Instead yeah. Of just saying computer, like we say taco or, uh, you know, taco, taco, Schadenfreude or whatever, like, you know. And so volcano is Ed, Ed Fjall, Fjall, Fjall. I'm not going to get it right. Cause, um, <laughs> any Icelandic listeners out there, I would yeah. love you know record us uh uh trying to because because this is a little so fjall 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 f f j a l l fjall is mountain and ed is fire so ed fjall is fire mountain oh so yokul is is a glacier and so usually i have yokul is like fire mountain glacier with the name or whatever yeah but that's yeah so you can look at videos when i have yokul erupted of these insane outwashes as it's erupting under the glacier so you're just melting all this water Mm -hmm. and so you, you have these crazy outwash floods from that eruption yeah that's nuts yeah I don't know. Uh, Mark, one of our patrons asked us what the Icelandic word for taco is. Google Translate can answer that very quickly for yeah. you. So. <laughs> yeah, let's. <clears throat> According to Google Translate, it is. I'm, I hope I get the pronunciation right. Taco. <laughs> taco. <laughs> taco. <laughs> um, so, yes. Right, we got. Come so, on. All right, we got two more two features left for the for this glacial stuff here. So at least that we're covering. There's 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 yeah. more, but there, there's stuff I left out for this. But for time's sake, you know, we're just uh, it's our podcast. We'll talk about whatever we want, you know. So <laughs> Eskers Eskers made the cut. Eskers are really cool. They uh, I don't know if they're my second or third favorite glacial. Oh feature. come on. <laughs> They're crazy looking. Eskers yeah. on the surface of the earth. They look like these like curvilinear mounds. They're elongated and they're kind of snake-like. It looks like a like a topographic snake. And it's like the opposite of a river. If a river <laughs> was cutting down, the eskers kind of popping up. Well, guess where the eskers come from? What? Rivers. Es- eskers come from rivers. What? In tunnels within the glaciers. Crazy. Right. That's and the, this is like our understanding of the contact between glaciers and the bedrock or the earth is really poorly understood. Yeah. And we, we keep putting people there and they keep dying. <laughs> just go stand there in front of the glacier. Tell me what you see. It's coming right for me. Like because your awesome temp- as you go down into a glacier, your temperature increases because from pressure 
And so right at that contact, there's a lot of thought that it's pretty dynamic in that you get some meltwater forming. Mm -hmm. And so why you actually get these rivers is sort of unknown, unless you've got an answer for me. I don't have an answer. Ah, man, I was really... I thought you were going to show uh, me up and be like, actually... Ice nine is actually water. Yeah, this is why we get rivers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But what's cool about Eskers is... Honestly, most of like the sand and gravel places that supply sand and gravel for construction uh, basically are mining eskers. No kidding. Well, yeah, because basically Mother Nature went ahead and sorted it all by size for us because the or river- <laughs> she has everything like, or you mean she graded it? <sighs> I can't say that because people are going to be like, what? She, yeah. She does grade the surface as well, but in a different way. Yes. So, no, sorted. Sort. Took, took all these individual grains and sorted them into their size appropriate bins. Uh, and so, basically, the, the, sp- the velocity of the water, the river that was under the river, could only hold grains of certain sizes. So, that river tended to be of the same velocity over and over and over and over and over again. So the, the greens tend to be the same exact size. So, you know, uh, sand and gravel companies would just essentially mine them because mother nature already did it for them. They don't have to break the rock. They don't have to sort it. They don't have to grind it. Like it's just like dig a hole and here you go. Here's all your sand grains or here's all your gravel or here's all your whatever. That, you know, that makes sense. I, one of the, I know one of the big suppliers of sand is out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, lots, makes of, a lot lots of, of Eskers in uh, Wisconsin, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's like ground zero for the uh, the last the last glacial pulse, <laughs> the Wisconsin Ice Age. There you go. Oh, it's literally named after it. It's literally named after the state. Yeah. Yep. Um. Oh man, should we have talked about the last five? I guess we don't have time now. The last uh, five glacial pulses ahead, that were the, during the Pleistocene. You can you could name them. Yeah, it's uh, well. There's there's you know I don't I don't uh, there were, you put me on the spot here. It's the Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin, Illinois, Kansas, and Nebraska. There's four. Yeah, did I say five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. W, w yeah, W I K. Um, yeah. Here's a here's a fun fact. I was. I should give a, a shout out my little story about Mars. Um, the Mars ice age was passed along to me by friend of the podcast, Patreon on the podcast of uh, Vince. So shout out to him. Ah, thanks Vince. But the last, the last glacial period was the Wisconsin, right? Was that the last? Yeah. That was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. There is eighteen thousand years ago, right? Yeah, that's that when it hit its maximum. Yeah, it hit yeah maximum, and then it, it's been retreating. Do you? And so the main ice sheet that covered North America was the, called the Laurentide Ice Sheet. Do you know there is a remnant still of it today? Where at? It is in Baffin Island, up in uh, Nunavut, so, Canada. So there's a, a a part of the ice that just it just never melted from the last ice. It's ice. yeah, it's just it's shrunk and it's there's a little tiny. But the, the, I should say the the North American sheet that yeah. covered that covered that covered like you know Canada and the United States. Yeah, it's called the yeah. Barnes Ice Cap. It's still there, hanging out on Baffin Island, which if you're picturing North America. 
you know, you know, the Hudson Bay up in Canada, the, the big bay. Baffin is the major island north of Hudson Bay. Hmm. Between yeah, cool. it's, it's up there a ways. I yeah, know it's that. between it's essentially between Hudson Bay and uh, Greenland. North Pole. But yeah, if, if you look <laughs> you at getting up there, yeah. If you look at a picture of Baffin Island, you'll see like dead center. There's just a little patch of ice, and that's the ice cap right there. We should do. We should have done this podcast from there. Should have uh, gone for Barnes. Done this podcast on the Barnes ice sheet or glacier, I guess you'd call it. How big is it? Do we know the the ice cap still? Yeah. What's what's left now? Yeah. Uh, it's twenty three hundred square miles, so it's significant ish. That's yeah. It's that's a that's yeah. It's it's like those things when you get up into those parts of Canada, like everything's huge and you don't realize how big yeah that's like, definitely yeah, right. bigger than my backyard yeah yeah like we couldn't cross that in a day not Maybe. with that kind of attitude no that's true <laughs> we've done some good hikes before. we just need some supersonic snowmobiles no we got to get the uh the, <laughs> the 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 kites the 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 ski kites yeah, that's that set up yeah I, you know yeah. i i used to sell kites on the boardwalk oh, as a kid see, there we are we, I mean, it'll be no different from many of our winter backpack trips. <laughs> yes. Oh. Some, someone will lose a toe and uh, we might all die. Sounds good. Yeah. So this actually go, goes along with the topic of glaciers. They used to do. I only went on one of these trips, but me, uh, me too. I only went yeah, on one. One and done with this thing. Jeez, oh, knees. Um, Jesse, every winter would go on a winter backpacking trip. And I think he was just trying to kill his friends off. Yeah, and it was always well. Jesse got a frostbite one year, right? Or was yeah. it a frost nip? Right? Frost, yeah, frost nip. But it's, it's still nip. like I, I don't have much feeling on the side of that foot, but I just remember the one night I went with you guys. It dipped down to about twelve degrees. We we're camping out in a lean-to on the Appalachian Trail, and <laughs> I just remember somebody was shivering and they're like quote bunk because it's the the bunks are there's not that actual it's just a piece of plywood you're basically sleeping on and you could actually feel like the the person shaking on that bunk there <laughs> <laughs> it was uh ah, it was a fun experience it was, it was really really cold i remember that i remember we couldn't get a fire started either because there's too much snow but all right so the last the last topic or the, the final feature we'll talk about here are called drumlins. Now, these are pretty cool. This is probably like my fourth favorite of the, <laughs> of the glacial depositional features here. So think of uh, drumlins are these uh, elongated features. They're parallel to the direction of ice flow. And when you're thinking about the shape of a drumlin, think about an inverted spoon. It's so like there's like the side that you, you sip your soup from. Turn it upside down, okay? And on that side, with your inverted spoon, the steep side is pointing to where the ice came from, and the shallow side is pointing down in the direction of ice flow. So, like, for example... So it's almost it, like the opposite of the Rouge Mountain. It's the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, like, if you're in North America, we know that during the last ice age, the, uh, the ice moved from... It moved towards the south. So the steep side would be pointing towards the north and the shallow side, the less steep side would be pointing towards the south. So drumlins can give you information on the direction that the ice was moving in when they were formed. And there you have it. There is our podcast on glaciers and glacial features. Woo!
I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, uh, I know I did. I, I, thought, I, I thought you were going to say, oh, I'm on the fence. I don't know if I enjoyed that one. <laughs> no, no, I really did. Um, you know, and, and again, please leave us a message on geologyflannelcast.com. Uh, become a Patreon member. Check us out on the the Insta, if you will, as the kids say it these days. Uh, check us out on Facebook. I, uh, I apologize. I became a little lax and missed a few episodes to post. So I apologize for that. But our last three Cole episodes are up. So check us out on Facebook. And, you know, it's tell, tell a loved one February for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Everyone you love, tell them about the flannel cast. <laughs> yep. Everyone. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, we're on YouTube. Uh, if you want to watch this, watch the, the video uh, podcast on YouTube. Yeah, and subscribe yeah, to us on cast. YouTube. Yeah, subscribe to us. That helps. Like us, leave a comment. Love talking to you guys. Um, what else? So, if you have any uh, burning geology questions that you'd like to have answered on a future show, um, Go to geologyflannelcast.com. Send them over. Um, click on uh, listener questions, and uh, every once in a while, we'll do a, a listener questions episode. We just answer your burning questions in geology. Also, if you'd like to support the 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 flannel cast, like I said, we have a, a Patreon account for um, monthly subscription to the podcast. There's different tiers. You get some fun stuff. We get always have a bunch of Patreon friends hanging out with us for the uh, for the live recordings. We do a hangout before and hangout after. Pretty good time, pretty fun. Um, uh, also, another way to spot, to help out the podcast is we have some merch up. If you're interested in getting some flannel cast merch, we got some stickers. We got the uh, geology flannel cast coffee mugs. I have a very wrinkled T-shirt. I apologize for the wrinkles. Yeah, Chris already yelled geolog- at me for not ironing it, uh, <laughs> hanging up behind me. Yeah, so I, I, um, I had it up, and then I actually wore it, and then I pull it out of the laundry to hang it up again today. So I apologize. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, all that stuff on geologyflannelcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geoflannelcast. And uh, Steve already said Facebook. We got an Insta. We said that already. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. So thanks, everyone, so much for hanging out this week. Uh, this was a fun one. Really enjoyed talking about glaciers. And uh, we'll be back with another interesting topic about geology next week. So take care. As Steve says, brush your hair. Stay safe out there. And we'll see you guys in seven days. See you. Bye. Bye.